Hey everyone, uh, welcome to Beauty Needs Me. I'm your host, Talia. And I am Dooney, and today we have a very special guest. We have Nexus Cook, who is a careerpreneur. She is a content strategist at Facebook, and for the past seven years, she um, has been running her own nail polish line, 25th in June. She is the owner and founder. Welcome to the pod, Nex. Hey. I didn't know that you worked at Facebook. Okay. Yeah. Double jobs or two jobs or whatever they call it. Next is actually have, was a, what are you, an advertising, like copy editing yeah. and advertising before? Copywriting. Mm -hmm. Copywriting. Okay, look at you. Yeah. All right. So let's jump right on into it. Um, so you have a nail polish line. Yes, I do. Has, has, <laughs> has beauty always been a part of your life? Like what was your earliest recollection of what beauty is or what mm. beauty means? Hmm, what beauty is. I feel like my my earliest memory is probably playing in my mom's makeup specifically lipsticks like okay. even to this day like you can find random lipsticks around the house of my mom um it was always tricky because we are absolutely not the same shade at all so <laughs> me wearing her foundation was not a good look for me but I feel like that's like my earliest just playing in my mom's lipstick and then nail polish kind of was just my own thing that slowly evolved into what I'm doing now. Next, yeah. what's your what's your cultural background? So my mom is black and my dad is Irish. Okay. And other things, yeah. So do you think that that influenced the way you saw beauty growing up at all? Oh, for sure. 100%. Um, and Dooney and I, we've talked about this thousands of times, but pretty much everyone in my family is a different shade. So I've kind of been exposed to like the full spectrum of blackness. And then I'm kind of, you know, at one end and my family members at the other. So I don't know. I think my idea of blackness and beauty has always been through the lens of like my mother and my grandmother. Um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting. Cause like, I don't see myself color wise in that beauty, but I still see myself in that beauty. If that makes sense. Well, what do you mean you don't see yourself in that beauty? Because I'm thinking like skin tone and all these mm. things, you know, so there's like that spectrum of beauty that I see in blackness. But like when I think of beautiful okay. blackness, I think of my mom, my mom's brown skin. So it's like, it's so interesting. that's interesting. So and this is we're kind of going off of a little bit of a tangent. But what is your like, what was your idea of blackness? And I asked that because for the listeners, Nexus is actually one of my best friends. Nexus is one of the blackest people <laughs> <laughs> will ever meet in your life and I mean <laughs> like and, you know this isn't a conversation about like black but I'm interested just hearing what you said about you not seeing yourself within that realm of blackness but me knowing mm -hmm. you and like knowing how dead ass black you are mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like explain that a little bit mm, I guess I don't know it's interesting I really don't even know if I can articulate it fully it's like I know what I feel inside, but I also know how I present to the world. So mm -hmm. it's like this like split Got feeling it. that I often have of like, I know, I know what I look like. I know how people perceive what I look like, but I also know the women that raised me and like what they've instilled in me. And I don't know, I guess maybe it kind of goes into like the negative connotations of being light skin or like all the things that kind of come with it. Like, you know the stereotypes. What are the negative connotations of being light skin? Like the stereotypes, like oh, you think you're cute because you light skin, or you know, long hair. You did, you know, like all those things. Are you acting you're stuck up? Like, exactly, yeah. like those. Like I don't have those things instilled in me, and I feel like a lot of those stereotypes are deeply connected to beauty and how men approach you, how you're perceived in certain yeah. spaces, how you're like, you know, put on a pedestal if, like, if you yeah. know where you land on that spectrum. So. It's like the people who raised me, like I wasn't raised like that, but I also mm -hmm. know how I show up in the world and yeah. what that attracts just because of how I look in my blackness. The first time you mentioned that to me was when the first time you went to Ghana, Nigeria with me mm. um, in 2018, I think it was. And you made a comment, you said something about, I think a guy was trying to talk to you and you were like, I'm not really here for it. Like, I'm not trying to be his light skin fetish or something. And yeah. I was really kind of taken aback. I was like, wait, what? And you were like, I'm very aware of like how 
you know, you just talked about the awareness of how people perceive you and kind of maybe holding you in a place of like being a token and you were like, not with that. Like, yeah. I, I mean, dope. so yeah, go, no, ahead. go ahead. I was gonna say, so how, what, how has your, your idea of beauty evolved over the years? Especially now because like light skin, curly hair is trending. Yeah. Um, has it always been trending? Not to my knowledge, because I didn't grow up seeing a bunch of light-skinned people with curly hair. I think mm-hmm. everybody was like permanent shit or like yeah. straightening it. Yeah. And even, I feel like I just had this conversation. I don't know with who, but I feel like even within that stereotype or that spectrum, there's still like levels to it. I often think about like hair texture. Like, mm. you know, there's levels to what we romanticize or what we place on like a higher standard. Like you know, for curls and things like that. So I feel like when I was growing up, even being light-skinned, there was still a particular type of light skin. And the same way there's a particular type of brown skin or dark skin or however you want to define it. So I don't know, for me, I feel like my beauty evolution probably comes through my hair the most, Mm. you know? Like I haven't, first of all, I don't know why I ever permed my hair. It was terrible. My mom- None of us do, girl. Beat me. I remember- impermed it in like eighth grade and I didn't know what I was doing and I went home I think maybe a week later I washed it and the all the back just came out like all of my hair in the back oh it was traumatizing it was I played myself but I haven't permed it since college and I feel like since then I've just been on like just freedom like I literally like I don't care like whatever curls happen they happen and I feel like I've been like that for like 10 years now but I love the way that it's just, it's in our face. It's mainstream. Like I didn't watch all of what Beyonce just put out, but like, you know, I was flipping through all the hairstyles and it's just, it's beautiful. Like it's so cliche. And I feel like we talk about it often, but I don't know. I feel like the more we embrace our spectrum and the more we embrace all the different ways that like just black women present themselves in the world, the better. So did you grow up with any like beauty self-esteem issues? Because I think oftentimes when people see light-skinned women, they like, oh, that bitch don't got shit going on, you know, problem-wise as far as appearance, like men are approaching her all the time. Mm -hmm. So did you grow up with any of those, you know, natural insecurities that people have as humans? Yeah, Mm. of course. I was hairy, too hairy. I had too much hair. Um, Also, I feel like maybe skin color was a thing because like, the most beautiful woman to me growing up was my brown skin mother. And then, mm. you know, have me like sticking out like a light bulb. So I don't know if it, I don't know if they were extreme in a way, but I definitely, I feel like growing up, it was like finding my place skin wise. And then yeah. also like figuring out my hair, you know, yeah. like I used to want it straight because that's what was pretty like I wanted it to everyone to see how long it was because it's like oh you you know you have light or long hair so yeah I think that was definitely like my biggest hang-ups amongst you know teenage angst and all that so what what led you to start 25th in June yeah and explain to us the name because I was like what is that that's cute yeah so on like the basic level June 25th is my birthday but at the time when I started it, oh, was, okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Talia was really settling in for like this this moment of like, you know oh yeah, funny? you have to tell me. It's so interesting. <laughs> I saw it all over her face. <laughs> people ask me all the time, and I'm almost. I feel like I should stop telling people it's my birthday because it, it's like a letdown in some ways. Some people feel the same way. But I really, what I really, really wanted it to be was this playoff of a location. So I think about like a- That's what I thought. I thought you were about to say like, it's the childhood street where you were birthed on in the middle of the (laughs) 80s or something. (laughs) It's funny you say that because that's what led me to it. I originally wanted to name it 45 Primrose um, because that's the street. That's the street that I grew up on when I was younger, younger, like my grandma's first home. And then it started- Yeah. and then, I don't know, that just didn't sit right. I felt like it was too personal. Like, Dooney and I have talked about this, like, how much of ourselves we want to put in our brand. And seven years ago, it was, like, non-existent in my mind. Like, anyone even knowing, like, I was doing it. Um, but, yeah, so it led me to 25th in June. And it's kind of, I don't know, it just feels even more like the right thing 
that I, you know, the, it just, it fits. It's like the starting point, this intersection of my creativity and all, you know, creating the life that I want, like all these personal meetings. Um, and so what inspired you to start it seven years ago? So I've always been a nail junkie. Um, yeah, I mentioned like lipstick earlier. That's kind of my thing too, but I don't know why, like I've never cared about, I don't even know how to do a cat eye to this day. Like mascara always runs. It's a joke. But for me, nails were just my thing. Like I shaped my own nails. I always painted. I used to do my own designs. And then I would say like the middle of my last year of grad school, I started playing around with the idea of making my own. And I was in Philly at the time. And so I went to, what's the name of the art store? Blick or something? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Something on like 20th and something. And I got all this pigment and all these like chemicals. And I just thought I was about to do it. And I didn't do it at all. (laughs) It was sad. Um, But that really like started it for me. Like, oh shit, I can actually figure out how to make this you know, a business. Actually, I wasn't even really thinking about it business-wise. I was more so thinking like I could just create my own thing. Um, So that kind of led me on the path of like finding my own chemist and distributor and all these different things that are very, very easy to find now. But even just seven years ago, it took me a while. It took me a few months to actually find somewhere in America, someone with a phone number, someone who like matched what I wanted, you know, toxic. Not with a phone number. (laughs) I'm serious. You would think it was like the 1920s. Like the internet has changed rapidly. Um, But yeah, so once I feel like from the time I decided I wanted to do it, to the time it came alive it, it wasn't even a full year like it mm-hmm. happened very quickly um it was just more so the consistency that you know yeah. so speaking of consistency um mm-hmm. i noticed that with organic nail polish um th- the actual consistency is mm-hmm. different than mm-hmm. standard nail polish yeah. and i'm assuming because it doesn't have the the toxic chemicals that make it as thick so you mm. need maybe two or three coats of like the like really light colors. Yeah. Are there any other differences that consumers should take note of when they're purchasing more organic nail polishes? Yeah. Well, it depends. So there's organic and then there's toxin free. So my polish isn't organic. Usually when it's organic, it's very plant based. It's like from a variety of things like leaves, flowers, things like that. So that's See, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And just the way that they last, like think of henna almost in a way, not saying that organic nail polish is the same, but there's like a different texture, there's different consistency, the way it stains your nail bed or doesn't stain it, it's just a little different. Um, But with my polish, it's toxin-free and what's called 10-free. So it doesn't have 10 of the most commonly found toxins. So like formaldehyde, formaldehyde resin, like they embalm bodies with that, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. why, why would you want that anywhere near your living body? Um, Now, when you, when you first started your line next, it was five free. Yes. So what exactly caused you to make that switch? Was it that five additional chemicals now were, I guess, identified or, or part of this, you know, toxin free list or did you do? Okay. So as my distributor grew in awareness, the, the uh, formula evolved. So okay. it was like m- less of my doing because, you know, I'm not in the, in the lab with them making it and more just the evolution of the beauty industry. And mm-hmm. I was just really fortunate to partner with like a family owned company, um, you know, as my distributor who had like the same vision. So, yeah. It's so, just so did you the tell them way. you wanted it to be toxin free? Yeah. That was, like that was part of your. Yep. Brand and that's, yeah I don't think I had those specific words but I knew I didn't want animal testing in it or animal byproducts and things like that um just because what's the point you know yeah. you can still get beautiful products without needing all that so would you consider your nail polish to be clean there's like this you know how there's like this clean. whole clean yeah. beauty clean fragrance would you consider this to be clean nail polish and what are your thoughts on clean beauty yeah I mean, to be honest, I wouldn't feel fully confident saying that because it still is, it's a chemical based product, you know, like there are a lot of products that you still put on your body, like certain shampoos and things that they can't exist without some type of man-made substance. Mm -hmm. So I personally 
wouldn't confidently make that claim because I feel like it's a bit misleading, but I confidently will say it is toxin free. You know, it's, this doesn't have those chemicals that are going to damage your nail bed, um, cause chemical reactions, unless you have like severe allergies that are just inevitable, things like that. But when I think of clean beauty, I think of very like organic, natural, plant-based, fruit-based, water-based, things like that. So I think there, there should be a, a clearer distinction between the two. Yeah. Interesting. So I know we talked um, earlier about you being in content strategy mm-hmm. at Facebook. Um, yeah. I'm assuming that that's why uh, 25th and June social media is popping. Like, popping. You would think, but no, but thank you. Because what do you mean no? Because <laughs> I struggle with social media. I do it every, literally every part of 25th and June is me. And it's so funny because when I respond to emails, sometimes I speak in a third person like, oh, thanks for reaching out to us or we'll get back to you. And it's my like, bitch, it was us. it's me, it's me, it's <laughs> Dooney. When I ask her questions, it's my mom, you know, like that's the us. But thank you for saying that about the social media because that's definitely been one of my like, roadblocks or just my mental like uh so how do you curate it then i just do it it, i think it's not it does not look like a regular nail polish or your typical thank you nail brand page that is my deepest goal to be honest like i i think that's one thing that keeps me going or the main thing because i've always wanted my brand even when i didn't have the tools or even just like the work or life experience to articulate what I know I want 25th and June to be now. Like I, I know I've always wanted it to be about storytelling. I always wanted mm-hmm. art and creativity to be the core of my brand because I mean, nail polish isn't like a, there are trillions of nail polish brands. Like, you know, I can be honest about that, but I feel like what has been setting it apart, especially the last few years is my approach with everything and it's exciting like I get to create the brand that I want and the events that I want and the collections that I want and like express myself through something that I created like literally on my bedroom floor so so what social media tools do you use specifically like what apps should we be should we be aware of? I don't even use any apps. I, well, that's a lie. I use this I was app. like, Nexus, stop lying. I'm not. I'm, <laughs> I, you put, maybe put my phone on airplane mode, but I would show you. I literally. Now, I was going to say, you use an app, bruh, because you don't send me screenshots like, what you think of this plan? <laughs> oh, well, that's what I'm about to tell you. I use a grid. That's the only app that I use. It's called Unum or Unum. I don't know how to describe it, but I've, I've okay. started using that may, maybe a year ago and then they played me because I have an Android and I can't update it anymore. So I use the online version. It's We've been not. trying to tell you to run that Android. <laughs> I'm not. It's a better phone operating but, system. But anyway, okay. so it's called U-N-U-M. That's how you spell it. And I think it's perfect because it lets you see your full grid. So that's what helps me like keep the color consistency because that's like my biggest mm. thing. I like how things like when you look at it from a distance, not a distance, but when you see how it shows back. up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like post by post is cute, but like when you can scroll and still kind of get that narrative and know yeah. what the brand is, like I'm obsessed with that. I love brands that do that really well. So what goes through your mind when you, when you decide you want to switch the color scheme? Cause you'll, you're really good for having maybe five or six posts that are, that have like a purple theme and then it mm-hmm. bleeds into red and then it bleeds mm-hmm. into yellow. Like mm-hmm. how exactly are you coming up with or deciding what comes next? Yeah. It usually, it probably starts with whatever the collection is. So like recently what I put out um, just now was four of my original, like my very first collection, um, which is called the journey collection. And that was inspired by some of my most memorable travel experiences. And actually, Dooney, I love you. You gave me the idea to like bring it back because we're stuck in quarantine and we can't travel. We can't journey. We can't frolic in the breeze like, you know, we're so used to. So it was kind of like a perfect, um, I guess, starting point again for the summer to bring those colors back. So I don't know. I kind of start from there. Like what colors do I want to put out? And then I just do the grid or I think about like the story behind it and just let Mm. it flow from there. And I like when like the last color of one series kind of connects to the next color because then it kind of keeps that loop going. Yeah. Not loop, but you know, like the- Yeah. So staying on your creativity, the last order that I received came with a playlist and a poem. So like what's your inspiration behind doing that and how else do you infuse your creativity 
into the brand? Yeah. Um, well, you know, I'm, I'm moody, you know, I have my feelings and emotions. So it's really whatever I'm in the mood for, to be honest. So the Daydream collection, that's the one you're referring to with the playlist. Um, those were spring colors. And I don't know, they just gave me like a very like fanciful vibe. Like I picked all of them to have like a light shimmer to it. And I don't know, just daydreams kind of stuck into my mind. So yeah, I don't remember. It was like one day during quarantine, I was clearly by myself in Seattle and I was like, let me just see what comes from it. So I just started writing different poems, started writing different, like, um, I don't know, notes to myself. I'm then, sorry, you wrote these poems? These are, yeah. Okay. All of it, like the story. <laughs> Your face right now. Gwendolyn Brooks? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds Nexus, so cheap. Nexus is over here giving these like high level answers. No, bro. We want to like hear it all. Like you, you're very creative. You put Thank a you. lot into it, you know? Talia wants to know that you wrote that poem. She I wants did. to know that you, yeah. you know. I kind of want to hear it right now. No, <laughs> have it right now. Literally, I will let my computer die. That's never going to happen. <laughs> No. And there, and there will be a part two to this interview. <laughs> Listen, with the technical difficulties Talia and I have, we have no shame. We're like, so we send you that link so we can hop back on. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I write everything. Like everything on the website, all the copy, all the marketing materials. It's just, it's really like, I'll decide what um, I want the collection to be. And then I just curate it from there. And it's been like that literally since the beginning. And then I started working in advertising and it just like, I was stealing all of my nine to five tools and then, you know, <clears throat> funneling that into my five to nine or whatever the expression is. So I want to talk to you a little bit about advertising. Um, yeah. So one of my favorite beauty reporters, her name is mm -hmm. Jessica Defino. Mm -hmm. um, so she wrote an article earlier this year about the lack of diversity in hand photos from nail mm -hmm. polish brands. Mm -hmm. Did you get a chance to read it? No, I didn't, no, but I know it to be true. It's fascinating. Um, and so I've been, I'm a parts model. So mm -hmm. I've literally like been a hand in mm -hmm. multiple things. Mm -hmm. um, never for nail polish. Mm -hmm. Well, um, never say never. because we got. I also do... <laughs> Um, I primarily do foot modeling and my toes have never like been in the actual nail salons. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm very aware of like where I don't see me because I know that I'm taking these damn pictures. You know? Yeah. Um, so have you noticed that, you know, like, is that something you were aware of when you started 25th in June, like the lack of black hands and feet in social media? No. That's a great question, Celia. No, not specifically. <laughs> kind of a reporter. <laughs> <laughs> not specifically, but just the lack of blackness in general. Yeah, of course, hundred percent. But what really solidified the hand thing specifically for me was this had to have. I think it was like 2016, and I was working at an advertising agency still, and we were on set for shooting a birth control commercial. And we had a scene where we had to hold the birth control. Like it's the one that goes in your arm. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Um, and just the time it took for our clients to decide on a hand, like even my team, like as a creative team, we have to go through casting. We have to look through all the books and, you know, everyone that the, um, the casting director pulls for us. And it took probably longer to pick a hand model than it did to pick like the actual models that were in the commercials and the actresses and actors. And it was so, that's when I was like this, first of all, this is a whole subculture in itself. And there's like some weird, like psychology behind it. You know, it, it's interesting, like how long someone's fingers are, whether they look feminine or too masculine, like if it's a woman or if a man, like if he looks strong, it's just all these factors that that kind of go into it but for my brand I try my best to just like make it real like real people it's my friends in these shoots 90% of the time it's real like customers sending in pictures like I don't ever want it to feel like staged in that way or so like curated that it's like who who is there any soul to this you know like are there actual people behind the brand so that's kind of yeah. what I think about 
I think also um, the nail industry, it has a lot of stereotypes. It has a lot of stereotypes that you kind of don't think about until you actually think about them. Like, you know, whether it's long nail limbs being considered inappropriate when it's black people, but mm-hmm. when it's a Kardashian, it's fashion. Mm-hmm. And the same goes for like nail colors and nail mm-hmm. art. Like I currently have on like a yellow, you know, mm-hmm. and just kind of how you show up. Mm-hmm. Um, and nail artists too. And nail part, artists. people doing your nails. You know, like what can nail brands do to kind of start to shift that narrative? If anything, you know, like whose responsibility is it? Is it the nail brand, the nail artist, the media? I think it's, it's probably everyone, but this is something that we've actually been talking about, like at work, um, like what I get paid to do, um, is like shifting the focus from these big brands. And this is happening naturally. Like we're seeing it every single day with everything happening from black lives matter, just to the way our world has shifted from the pandemic. Like small businesses are so wildly powerful right now. And I just like, I want all of us you know, to know that and be very mindful where we put our money because that's how we change the narrative. Like we've made some really big changes at work because of small businesses. We have like 25 million small businesses on Facebook alone. Like don't, that's not the exact stat, but you know what I mean? There's a huge number and people demanding certain things are changing products. They're changing policies. They're changing all these different things and like social media is a huge indicator of what happens in the real world. It's just an extension. You know, it's like a microcosm of what's happening everywhere. So for beauty brands specifically, I think we're seeing that. Like, uh, what's the Instagram page? Pull up for change. Um, mm-hmm. There's a few others that they're demanding these bigger brands to pay attention to the people, to pay attention yeah. to these smaller brands, to highlight these smaller brands, to put them on these same platforms and pedestals that they've been dominating for like decades. And then I think specifically for like what we visually see, how we consume people, how we consume textures and colors and all these different things. It's like, make that a part of your core business. Like it is a part of my business to make sure that the people who are closest to me are represented in what I do. Like, that's why I put out the nude collection. Like I literally had all my friends from the brownest to the lightest, like, does this look good on you? And if it didn't, it was scrapped, you know, scrapped. So like, do you know, I'm always sending you something like this is cute do you like this does this color work so I don't know I think it starts with the brand you know like to wrap it up and then it's like these bigger corporations have to pay attention because if you're not offering me what this cool indie brand is offering me then you're Mm. like why would I spend my money with you when I'm actually connecting with this smaller brand and you know you know what I mean it's kind of like people want to feel seen in the brand yeah of course yeah So speaking of, you know, representation, Black Lives Matter, pull up for change, um, like many small businesses, right, uh, Black-owned businesses specifically, 25th and June was mentioned everywhere over the Mm -hmm. past few weeks. I mean, you were in Bazaar, um, Essence, Pop Sugar, Nylon, Mm -hmm. all all over the place, it seems like. So with that focus on buying Black over the past couple of months, how has it impacted your business? It has been crazy. I'm sold out probably 90% of all my colors, wow. which is an amazing problem to have, but it's also stressful because it's like- I'm glad I got people. mine at the beginning of the yeah. pandemic. I ordered <laughs> yeah. six. I was like, you I did. am good in there. Thank you. Um, it's weird. The whole experience has been weird and I've had to like stay grounded in how I'm reacting to it because- it could be fleeting one. It could, mm. I could just spiral down my own thoughts of imposter syndrome or whatever comes up in moments like this. Um, and I've just been reminding myself, like I've been working for this, you know, like I've been putting in the work and like, I'm so grateful for this huge, I, I don't even know the right, like wave of eyes on the brand, but it's also like, I need to keep going, you know, mm. like, I don't want to just be in the headlines for a certain reason for a certain amount of time that is very much bigger than a nail polish brand. You know what I mean? So it's like me just personally staying grounded. Um, And also I have to pay attention to detail now. Like I have to really wear this business owner hat like crazy Um, because I can be, you know, a creative. It's real cute (laughs) to just think of this stuff, but it's like, oh, I have to pay attention to inventory yeah. Like I have to make sure that my shit is together 
because I have customers who are depending on me in a way that I haven't had ever before. So it's been really fun, but it's also been like, like I have to take this shit seriously, like in a very, very different way than I'm used to, but I feel good about it. Yeah. So you touched on having imposter syndrome. How does that show up for you? So I think, especially, especially given the fact that you, you have had this line for seven years. Yeah. But it hasn't always been like a business to me for seven years. Like when I started it, it was like, this is cute and I like it and I'm going to sell nail polish to my friends. But there was a time I wouldn't even tell people I had a nail polish. I, I wouldn't tell people I had a business. Like I was hardcore leaning on my friends subconsciously. Like, I don't think it was like a, a thing that I went to sleep, like, okay, tomorrow Junie's going to talk about 25th and June for me. But like, I realized I was developing like a crutch, like my friends would hold me down, but I wasn't even advocating or speaking up for myself. So there were a couple years where I didn't do anything. I didn't post, I didn't put out a new collection. It was just kind of like sitting there mm. In hindsight. Like those were like, I don't know, cultivating years or like, I don't know the right word. It was like, I was stacking up experiences that are just, I'm using now. Mm. Um, But I would say definitely since 2017, it's like, I have a business. Like I speak up for myself. I like, I'm in fashion week. Like I'm doing all these things, like extending my brand and extending my reach. And a lot of things that I do are behind the scenes, which I love. It's like, I do a lot of like wholesale opportunities and things that I don't always put out to the brand or, you know, put out on the internet, but it, I, I'm seeing how those relationships are like really starting to blossom now that I, I'm even more business minded and I'm just more, I'm just more shrewd. Like I know, I don't know what I'm doing, but I know what I'm doing. Yeah. 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 So, and you've spoken a few times, you've mentioned during the course of this conversation, you know, your nine to five and and your experience. So how do you juggle your career Mm -hmm. running your business? Yeah. Um, I don't juggle it anymore. It just, it is what it is. Like I used to, I like it kind of going back to what I was saying before, like I wouldn't even tell people, like I worked in advertising and one of the biggest advertising agencies in the world. And it took me probably two years working in to really like have it be known that this was a part of my life. Like I'm coming to work every day, creating brands for other people, you know, and not even like telling my coworkers who could help me, (laughs) you know? Um, But once I just got over that, it's just like, it is what it is. And people love to help. Like when you're passionate, you guys know, like when you start something on your own and it's genuine and it's real, people want to share and spread the love for you. Like, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? So I'm like, sure. I open myself to that now. But I think one of the things that probably, and I always like say the term careerpreneur, right? Like when mm-hmm. you have like a, a nine to five and you also have a business you're trying to do, I think one of the fears yeah. there is people in your career finding out or maybe thinking that you don't want your job and then a lot of people feel like they're going to jeopardize their career their job if they are open about their you know their business did Mm -hmm. you have any of that reservation no it's not like you a stripper you're not selling cooch no no although no no but but you know what i mean like people might think oh your attention your attention broke you already know (laughs) Wait, first of all, when we were talking about feet earlier, I was going to go on a tangent, but I was like, let no, me show. You already know. First of all, that's when I've been having this conversation about what kind of OnlyFans accounts we got. I didn't I'm seriously thinking of one. Yeah, we're gonna, as yeah. soon as we stop recording, we're about to have yeah. another conversation. Because the money <laughs> is brainstorming, okay? There's money to be made. <laughs> you can use multiple streams of income. But um, but the reason why why I'm I'm asking this is, and because I go through this as well, right? Yeah. It's like, how much can you let out before mm-hmm. your your coworkers, your boss? Mm-hmm. starts to question your dedication to mm-hmm. your job and starts yeah. to now then maybe say, oh, your, your work is slipping. Mm-hmm. It, it must be because your, your attention is elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's very different for me just because of the industry that I'm in and the industry that I was in before. It was like, we were encouraged, go, you, you need a creative life in order to come mm-hmm. back here and concept and brainstorm and execute on a campaign for a brand and then working in where I work now it's like 
they want us to bring, I've actually struggled with bringing my authentic self to work, but that's encouraged. Like that is a, a core pillar of my company. And it's not, you know, it sounds cheesy. It sounds like I've drank the Kool-Aid, but it's true. Like my manager literally just messaged me today. Like I got my package, like all my coworkers, my whole team, they've all bought stuff. They gassed me up. They like repost, they reshare. It's like, I don't know. I'm, I'm fortunate. I know it's not the same for everyone. It's just the nature of my, my career and like my industry. It's kind of, it's very, very normal for someone to work at Facebook or Instagram and have a whole entire life, a whole entire, you know, everything. Honestly, that's how I got the job. Like I was recruited to a creative, um, dinner. Do you remember it was 2018 or something? Um, and everyone in the room had a side business. They worked, they were in the creative side of advertising and they had their own business. That was the recruiting dinner that, you know, that led me on the path to get the job now. So it's like, it's just kind of been a part of it since day one. I love that. Dooney, do you have anything else before I ask her a beauty tip question? No, no, no. Let's, let's, um, let's switch gears. Any beauty tips. Next is stop lying. Okay. Okay. Give me a beauty tip or give our listeners. It's not just me. Give, give our listeners a beauty tip. A beauty tip? Yes. Like, like your number one tried and true beauty tip. This is, I'm, I'm not like a beauty girl. Like, I don't know. I mean, water. Hold on, pause, pause. I want to just highlight something. I think that is so interesting that you are, you have an entire beauty brand and you don't consider yourself a beauty girl. Talia and I are co-hosts and we were very open about the fact that we were like, but we're not really beauty. Talia will tell you in a minute. She just started using foundation last week. Yeah. So I just think it's so interesting how none of us really, we don't know. Who put us here? We're just on the phone right now. We're just on the phone. But but like I'm looking at each other. A skincare. Yeah. Yes. You are. So give us a skincare tip. Give us something to live with. Skin oils Mm. of all types. Why does Talia have to drag that out of you? Because next can take me, Loki. What is going on? This interview is going left. We got to brainstorm later. I need us to all come back together. Because you know why? You know what it is? I know what it is. There is, and maybe we can break this down. In my head, there is like a, when I think of beauty girl, I think of Thick makeup, I think of you can't go outside without being together. Like I don't think of my like personal luxuriating regimen as beauty, but I guess Mm -hmm. it it is. It 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 is. is. And I don't I told you guys earlier, I don't even know how to do a cat eye. So I guess I think it's just deconstructing what it means, like that that beauty. Yeah, I don't, know, I don't know the right way to say it, but I think that's probably why I'm struggling to answer the question. Yeah. But I love a good oil. I love herbivore. I don't know if you guys have heard of them. Mm-hmm. I spend way too much money with them, like way too much, way too much. Actually, Dooney, I'm supposed to be sending you the extra oil that I bought for eighty eight. Yeah, and I please them in please a week. Ship well, that over. Okay, I need you to um, Venmo me first. Not happening. Not, not happening. Okay. Well. <laughs> Right, cut, cut that out. <laughs> but yeah, so I love a good face oil. I love perfumes. I hmm. think does that count as beauty? Yeah. Yeah, I love a good scent. What are your favorites? Uh Chanel Mademoiselle, I really like. I like roses. Um, I don't know if that's like the actual name, but Diptyque has a perfume mm. and it's rose, mm-hmm. rose scented. I love that. What else is my favorite? Those are like my two go-to. Sometimes I mix them because they smell good. And what, what were your favorite face oils? You said oils is your thing, but yeah. which ones exactly? I mean, the basics, vitamin E oil, like I put that all over my body every day. But specifically from Herbivore, I use the, um, the emerald. It's the green one. I think it's CBD infused. Phoenix is an orange one. I think it's like citrus based. Um, it smells cinnamony. I don't know if there's cinnamon in it, but there's something that gives it that. And then what else? What's my other one? 
Are you using like any serums or creams? Yeah, that's exactly what I was just thinking about. The serum, there's a serum based one. It's purple. I can't pronounce it. So I'm not even going to play myself. It starts with like a B, I think. Bachatuli or something like that. Um, Yeah. But I've been playing around with it because I was trying to see like what my skin likes more. And like the serums don't really do it for me. Like I need like a thicker, like more of the the oil based. What's your skin type? I don't know. It changes. Honestly, if I don't drink enough water, it's something different. And then when I do, it changes. But I get oil, oily easily. So I guess whatever. Oily? Oily. Yeah. 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 (laughs) What do you, what's your hair routine and what products do you use on your hair? So I'm struggling with my hair right now and it's irritating me. And I'm probably going to complain to my mom later. So I'm at my parents' house right now, but I live in Seattle. But I think the water at my parents' house is too harsh and I'm going to talk to my parents about it because my I'm telling you my hair like doesn't it's super soft but it's not curling the way I needed to talk to your mom about it yes okay is it lime no I don't know what it is so my mom lives in Maxson Illinois it's a suburb of Chicago Mm -hmm. and ever since she moved to this new house last year I can no longer wash my face in the sink I have to wash Mm. my face with either freaking boiled water or like Damn. bottled water. Yeah. It is, it is just killing yeah. my face. Yeah, I believe and, you. And she's like, don't waste my bottled water. I'm like, <laughs> I have to wash my face. And yeah. This isn't it. But yeah. consider maybe like, I mean, it's a lot of work, but like there are like water filters to soften mm-hmm. like the, water. The, the pipeline. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't know what it is. It's you know, not trying really, me out. It's just like my curl definition isn't doing what I needed to do. That is a real thing. I remember freshman year of undergrad girls complaining about the Philly water and being mm-hmm. like, you know, since I got to school, something is up with my mm-hmm. hair. Yeah, it's yeah. a real thing. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, when your hair is doing its thing, yes. what products are you into? So I just started using Tracee Ellis Ross pattern. What did you think? Okay, you so know, so first of all, what's your what's your curl pattern type if if you know? I don't know. Three mm, C? Okay. I might be making that up. It depends. It's like honestly it depends. Sometimes they're tighter curled and then sometimes I get like a wave. Okay. And like even in the back, it's it's just I don't know. I think I have like three textures in my hair. But with her products, I use the curly conditioner and the heavy one. Okay. it changes maybe it changes because of my cycle I don't know I try to pay attention to it to figure out like why the changes happen but sometimes like the lighter conditioner works way better and then other times during the month I need the heavier one to get like the mm-hmm. definition or just the moisture that I need um I'm not a huge fan of the shampoo not gonna lie but I do like the conditioners and I've started using like she put out a new bundle um of like uh what are they called like edge control and um styling cream and there's a gel I like the gel not really sold on the styling cream um and I don't really use edge control but I might today so I'll test that out that's how how products are like I tried her um leave-in and I was like and my hair is like 4b 4c I was like this ain't for me sis but I'm gonna try something else yeah yeah I used to use diva curl and then I started reading all these things about it and I got nervous and I was like, is my hair thinning is like, I don't even know if I was experiencing any of the actual symptoms that they were talking about in the news. What were you um, reading? Like, what was it something about the formulation? Yeah. People were like losing their hair. Their curl pattern was just going to caca. Like After it was bad. years yeah. of using it, a really? lot of people. Yeah. The whole Facebook group. Of I'm in it. I joined it. <laughs> I'm in that Facebook group. You thought it was a game. I was nervous. I was like, my hair, I'm going to be bald. Like, it got very, very wow, dramatic. I didn't even hear about this. It was yeah. a huge thing. One of their top influencers came out. Like, she had mm-hmm. only been using their products for years. Yep. She yep. came out, like, her hair was starting to fall out. Yep. And frazzled. And I will say there was a period where my hair just felt frazzled all the time. Like, dry. And that, that was literally the only product that I used because I get a diva cut. Like, the girl who cuts my hair, she, she's a diva-trained curly yeah. hair cut cutter stylist um so yeah I had to let them go but I yeah. love the condition I still feel like it's the best conditioner I've ever used mm. how often do you get your nails done 
Well, and do you ever do them yourself? I always do them myself. I shouldn't say always. 90% I do them myself. Um, ever since I moved to Seattle, it's been just so sad. And I feel like <laughs> mean and I get upset when I think about it. I have yet to find like a nail artist who just does what I need them to do. But before, I feel like I probably got my nails done once a month, like some wild, intricate nail art. And then when it grows out, I just repaint it. Mm. So, yeah, I'm pretty low maintenance. It's so wild. Are yeah. you low? Okay, so let's talk about low maintenance. So one one thing I've learned about... Um, I'm laughing because I know Dooney. Go ahead, sorry. What? Because <laughs> I, I feel I've like Dooney shook her head when you said low maintenance. And I didn't say anything. Uh, but but that's the thing is that yeah. one thing I've learned about Dooney is Dooney will say like she's low maintenance, mm -hmm. but Dooney has what I like to call beauty indulgences. Oh right? yeah, yeah. We're like the same. like yeah. she has an actual face steamer when she could literally use oh. a face steamer. Hold it's on, Maxis, like, do you have a face steamer? No, I don't. I don't. Right, I, I don't. <laughs> okay. No. So, so next, do you have any beauty indulgences? I have. I, when I buy stuff, I go in. Like, it's not like, oh, let me just pick up a little, you know, like it's, no, I'm dedicating a trillion dollars today to whatever mm -hmm. body oil I want to use. And then, like, I probably do that once a month. So I feel like I indulge, because I don't, especially during quarantine, I was like, I'm not buying anything. So I started like lying to myself saying that this is a good way to spend my money. So I was buying <laughs> perfume that no one's gonna smell because I'm in the house. I'm trying to think of what what did I splurge on beauty wise this year? Um, like even if it's not anything expensive. So like I could have um, I bought this from Necessaire. It's a hyaluronic acid serum, and mm. it's like, do I need a hyaluronic acid mm. serum for my body? Probably not, do but I love you? that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think this has a really good mirror, and that. Did you get that recently? Wow. Yeah. Just in the spirit of beauty indulgence. <laughs> Look, she can't even have secrets. She's like, oh, yeah, I did do that. You were trying to help Talia get yeah, the Yeah, you know, I bought a, um, <clears throat> looking for. I bought a Chanel mirror recently because it was really cute and really nice. And did I need it? No. What is a Chanel mirror? It just got them C's on it. Yeah, that's it. Okay. But I have to say, it it's was a the good clearest mirror. mirror. I, I've asked ever... her, I was like, can I, can I borrow a mirror? She pulled it out. I was like, what kind of glass yeah. is this? My mom said this. I bought one for my mom and because she said the same thing. She was like, oh. Is it a pocket mirror? Like, it goes yeah, it's like this big. How much was it, Nexus? <clears throat> I don't recall. I don't recall. <laughs> I actually, I don't think it was that much. I don't think it was, it wasn't like a hundred dollars. It was less than a hundred dollars. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's just super clear, yeah. like like angels blew it together. Yeah. Okay. Just, I like it. It's like, oh, you need a mirror? Oh, here. <laughs> Talia said beauty indulgence. Be reading my life. Um, <laughs> I want to take a step back, though, really quickly, because we mm -hmm. talked, we breezed right over Fashion Week. Oh, so yeah. I did not know that um, like nail polish brands showed up in Fashion Week until mm -hmm. you started talking about it. So mm -hmm. like, how exactly does that work? Well, it depends. Sometimes it's not known. It's just we need our nails done and they use whatever mm. they use. Um, but I've been really trying to make it a point that like, if you ask me to do this, because every show needs a color, whether even if it's just a clear or a nude, like I want to be, you know, a part of it in that way. Um, and I've just been fortunate to like the relationships I was telling before, just I you know a ton of really great like celebrity nail artists and even if they're not celebrity they're just well known like they have a huge customer base a big following on instagram and things like that um so my first i don't remember my first show so i actually pitched the nail artist not the not the clothing brand the nail artist usually reaches out to me got it mm. because they are sponsored they are the nail artist for a particular show and then they kind of just let people stay in their lane like if it's if they use I don't know, say they use Pattern Beauty for hair products for hair, like Pattern Beauty needs to figure out who the, the hairstylists are going to be. And then the stylist for the fashion brand, they do what they do. Makeup does what they do. Nails do what they do. But they all come, you know, it all comes together for the show. So what happens is um, nail artists will reach out to me like, hey, I'm sponsoring whatever. Um, 
do you have a color that matches? And then we go back and forth to try to pick the best color. And then they, and I go sometimes too, if like I'm in the city to do it. Um, like, you know, like when you go on a model shoot, like you have your fittings and things like that. It's, it's the same for nail polish. Like whether it's nail art or just picking the color, like it's kind of, they put it up against the wall with the full spectrum of the outfits and the look of the show. It's honestly my favorite part about all of this. Like I want to do fashion week forever. Like, you know, if it comes back. That's really dope. Yeah. I don't know how it's going to be this year though. Cause you know, we're inside. Dooney, do you have a rapid fire for next? Um, yes, but before we get there, I know, Talia, you asked about a beauty tip, but we want to ask if you had a beauty moment over the past few weeks. And a beauty moment is something good, something bad, something ugly, just whatever. So I'll start it off with what my beauty moment was. So mm -hmm. I have um, been getting laser hair remover mm -hmm. removed laser hair removal mm -hmm. and it is Ooh. painful so i'm doing my underarms and i'm doing my brazilian wait is painful so, for me it is it's like it's i think maybe i'm just really sensitive but yeah. people are like oh it's just a little pinch now i'll be in there like <laughs> i need a minute i need a minute i need a minute mm -hmm. so the last time i was there um the the lady doing it was like you know she goes you don't have to take this shit you can get numbing cream and i said well sis tell me which one to get. So she like took my phone, literally like I pulled up my Amazon app and we like, she told me which one to get. So she was like, put it on about 40 minutes to an hour before coming in and wrap yourself in saran wrap. I was like, what do you, what do you, okay. So she was like, and then come in and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, I'll help, we'll take it off. Blah, blah, blah. How do you wrap an armpit in saran wrap? Well, I didn't wrap my armpit. <laughs> <laughs> This morning, <laughs> okay. This morning, before my 10 a.m. appointment, I was putting numbing cream all down there. Okay, that could have been your OnlyFans. And then you are no, no. But let me tell you, I, I had a moment where I was like, I wonder if I should take pictures for content for Beauty Needs Me. And then I was like, girl, this is your whole Brazilian. You're not taking <laughs> pictures of nothing down here. You're going to keep giving these people your masking photos, okay? Everything and is so content, <laughs> Dooney. Yeah. So I was like, I was so proud of myself and I was applying it. And then came the moment I was like, wait, what, how am I going to get my clothes on? Like, what exactly am I about to do? So I wrapped the saran wrap. I put the saran wrap on the most confusing five minutes of my life and then mm -hmm. put my underwear over it and then, you know, put my clothes on. Um, so that was my beauty moment. I am proud to say that it absolutely helped. Oh, good. <laughs> Thank God. God, after all of that, like, yeah. it, it actually helped and the, um, my session was not painful. Good. That was my moment. I don't know if it was, I feel like it was a mix of good and ugly because the process mm -hmm. was not pretty, but I am grateful for the results. Good. I love that. Okay. Let me see. <laughs> um, I guess mine, I guess mine is like a good and bad. So, um, it's, it's amazing how I ever book a hand modeling job because on my middle finger, on my right hand, I had to look, um, the nail is crooked. Oh, right? mine too. Really? Did you write too hard when you were little? Girl, who knows? What kind of logic is that? I don't know that. It, I have a theory behind it, but go ahead. And my nail is crooked, but you can't really tell. See, you can't really tell when it's polished. Mm. Um, so I went really? to get a manicure. Yeah, you can't really tell. Can you tell? Maybe a little bit. Can you see that hand? It, it, it looks so big and chubby in the, in the oh, zoom. Wow. But, um, but um, I went to get a manicure yesterday. And when, when she filed my nails, I was like, oh, that nail. Oh, my God. It's hideous. <laughs> and then she, like, put the polish on. And I was like, there we go. This is why I should always have a manicure. And I haven't had a manicure since February. So I've been having to look oh. at this crooked mm. fingernail. So that's mine. How did, how did it feel? It, like, can you see? I'm not giving you that. Yeah. Oh, so she shaped it so it doesn't look crooked anymore. Exactly. Yeah, that's the trick. It was a black owned place out here in Brooklyn. Homegirl was looking out. Oh, nice. What's the name of the salon? Ooh. Oh, she polished. She polished. Yeah, she polished Brooklyn. And her name was Nairobi. Okay. 
Mm -hmm. I'm adding to my, my black owned Intel. Let's go get into it. Okay. Let me think. Okay. So this is very random and I just had to check my armpit to see if it was working. But at the beginning of the month, I got, what is it called? Oh, I don't remember the name, but basically it's a procedure where I don't sweat under my armpits anymore. Botox? No, it's like they put this, Dooney, I didn't tell you. No. It was like a whole thing. It was literally the beginning of the month. So I like sweat. I just always have. And I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I'm not I doing quit. this. I quit. I quit sweat. Yeah, literally. I was like, this <laughs> enough. Like I've done all that I can do in this space. I'm done. And they literally, oh, mirror dry. They take like a gun, kind of like laser, like laser hair removal. They numb you up. It's like a whole procedure, like a doctor, like actual, um, What's the name of the damn doctor? And you didn't think that this was a beauty in I forgot. I knew forgot. Talia was coming. I, I saw your neck. You know what? Your neck I was saw, wide I saw, open. She and I was, like, to the I was too. like, Talia is about to snatch that. <laughs> I'm telling it. I people I'm love here. to lie, lie to me in this space. It's crazy. <laughs> Again, it was like, is that beauty or is that just me doing a lot? But it's both. And so they numb you up. They literally, it's like anesthesia around your armpit like a whole needle thing and then once you're like super numb they use this gun that's like it basically burns the the nerves that cause you to sweat so like i sweat maybe i don't know like 90 percent less than what i used to and the hair doesn't grow back so it's like laser hair removal and you don't sweat under your armpits and you get and it once just, a month no, it's done. It's part, it's just once and it's done. How That's much it. was it? Okay, it was a little much, but I was like, <laughs> I deserve it. I've been sweating my whole life and it's a struggle, but it was seventeen fifty. One like one thousand seven hundred fifty? Yeah. Girl, not seventeen dollars and fifty. No, I'm a seven yeah. I had to clarify. I felt like the people wanted to know. <laughs> I think if you sweat a lot it's an investment and if you don't it's like i don't ever have to, well i have to shave maybe maybe once a month maybe you know who i think this would be good for i think this would be good for people like me who are really trying to lean into natural deodorant because yeah, I, one oh, thing I don't have of, to wear deodorant anymore wait a minute because one thing about natural deodorant is although it may put a a stop to a smell it is not an antiperspirant mm. that's the biggest issue and yeah. even when you reapply every I don't two have hours, anymore. yeah, even when you reapply with natural deodorant, I still feel mm -hmm. like I still sweat. Yeah, wait. I haven't worn deodorant in a month. Wait, I'm getting it. Okay, so yeah. wait a minute. You got it done in Seattle? No, in Jersey. And and you could just go to any dermatologist or there? Yeah, a I'll send place. it to you. I found them. It's like a whole. Well, I'll what's her name or her name? Uh, the woman. Who we'll put it, it in the show notes. Damn. Let me find send, it. Send it to us. Yeah. Send send it it to us. I'll we'll send it, it to you. There. But it's in Jersey. It's like maybe 20 minutes from my parents' house. It's in Somerset, New Jersey. And I just Googled it because I was going to get it done in Seattle. I, I don't know. I Googled it maybe early in the pandemic because, you know, what else were we doing? And then I was like, I'm going to do it. And I did. Yeah, because there has to be other places that also. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like yeah. a whole, like a procedure. Okay. Like the, it's a trademarked, like, process. So, yeah, oh. you don't sweat. You don't smell and your hair barely grows back at all. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I'm doing it. So yeah, do it. Fucking sold. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So. so we are going to do a quick round of rapid fire. Talia, okay. do you have anything else? This is fine. Mm -mm, I ain't got nothing. Okay. <laughs> what a new procedure I'm about yeah. to get. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So with rapid fire, some of them will be either or or open-ended questions. Say the first thing that comes to your mind. It's rapid next. Rapid. Okay. 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 Yeah, be over here thinking. I felt attacked again. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I just feel like I thought it's a safe space. We love you. It is. <laughs> okay. What What TV sitcom family would you be a member of? Oh, um, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air popped in my head first. If you could be any nationality, what would it be? Any nationality? Um, mm, I don't know. You could Damn. say black. <laughs> That's not national. I'm thinking countries. Um, I'm honestly shocked that you, that you have not answered this too. 
Wow. <laughs> I'm not saying that. Um, <laughs> damn, I don't know. Mauritius or something. I don't know. The yeah. island of whatever. Mauritius. What store do you shop at the most? Oh, what store? Mm, Sephora. Texting or talking? Mm, depends on the person. What city in America should not be included on a map? Uh, the state of Florida. <laughs> <laughs> what word would you add to the dictionary if you could and what would it mean uh fuck out of here just one word <laughs> fuck out of here yeah just as a as a concept <laughs> what was your favorite book growing up favorite book oh damn I hate when I can't answer these fast because then it looks like I didn't read but I did um Oh my God, I can see the, um, the cover, but I don't remember. All right, time's up. All three right, words, <laughs> what are the first three words that come to mind to describe yourself? Mm, creative, loving, and eccentric. Aww. Yeah. All right, there you go. Yeah. Well, done, well done, Well on the rapid fire. Yes, and our final question, Nexus Cook. Yes. Why does beauty need you? Mm. Beauty needs me because I think there's a, there's a need for like true creativity in the beauty space. I think, yeah, I don't know. I think it needs me for some storytelling. Let's, let's start telling stories around beauty and why we feel beautiful and how we can feel more beautiful and different stories. So yeah, we'll go Thank with that. Thanks, Thanks Nick. Thanks for listening to another episode of Beauty Needs Me. Please remember to subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts.